Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. From policy to culture, principles to politics, this is The Seth Liebson Show. Well, welcome back to The Seth Liebson Show on this uh, commemoration of 9-11, though a day before. I was uh, about to introduce my esteemed guest, and I was thinking that um, with some of the professors we've had on this show, we could create probably the best faculty any college or university could ever have. We could have Mark Bauerlein for art, Robert George for political science, Michael Lewis, uh, Bauerlein for literature, Lewis for art. And for American history, we have the best American historian, Wilford McClay, author of the great book, Land of Hope, An Invitation to the Great American Story. When people call in and say, where do I start my kid with American history? What book? This book. This book. Wilford M. McClay, Land of Hope, An Invitation to the Great American Story. He is now blessedly moved northeast, so he shall be with us more times now, more frequently, because he's farther away. Wilford McClay, now at Hillsdale. Welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you, Seth. It's really a pleasure to be with you. Although I got, I can't let the best historian things stand. There are so many who are so much better. Um, I think of Gordon Wood, who was kind enough to endorse my book. So, but he, he's uh, probably the greatest. You don't have to let it stand, but I will let it stand. How's oh, that? Right. Oh. <laughs> I, I, will, I will tell you something just before we get yeah. into yeah. this. Uh, sure. That uh, I've just been working on. Um, a young readers edition of oh, Land of Hope, which is good. really for kind of K through five or six, good. really, well, really uh, not K, but <laughs> five, fifth, fifth grade in many states or sixth grade is when kids first have an introduction to American history. And so yeah, I was we, I was wondering, yeah. I was going to get your sense of where you could start a young adult or child with the book Land of Hope that's out now, Land of Hope and Invitation, yeah. and I think. Well, Professor McClay, I, I, I think it – I mean it works for me and I'm in my 50s, but I think it could work – I don't see why it couldn't work for someone really in the third or fourth grade. It's possible. Some people do – some homeschoolers who have these really uh, kids with their you know, jackrabbit uh, um, um, intellects, yeah. uh, um, uh, it, it, they, they can handle it. But I think it's – I've worked very hard with the Young Readers Edition to try Good. to bring the reading level within range of, of you know, non-genius. <laughs> no, kids. no, wonderful. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad to do it because there are different things that grab different ages, minds, and souls. Yes, and and it's actually been a great exercise because it sort of forced me, as Land of Hope did, uh, to really distill down the essential story, you know, and and uh, not be tempted by all the, the little side things and all, all the displays of erudition. And, right. And no, it's hard and, to keep it, stay on that rail, of course. You bet. Yeah, so you, it, it's been a great discipline. Um, 
and I'm excited about it. We got the page proofs back, right. um, and so we're we're putting it together. We hope it'll be out in January. This yeah. Young Readers Edition. So, Good. Uh, well, I can tell um, you, if Phoenix is a sample of any kind, parents here would be clamoring for it, and we'll do our best to get it yeah. to as many hands well, as possible. And you know, Phoenix is among other things a center for yep. the sort of charter yep. school. Yep. This should classical this... charter school. Um, an issue. So, yeah, I've got several of the, I won't mention any names, but several of the organizations that are headquartered there have uh, said they, they want to use this Young Readers Edition. So, Good. so uh, you know, I'm excited about it and, and really excited to reach younger people who before their sense of the, you know, their country's past has been, you know, completely polluted by uh, the relentlessly negative depiction of it in in the popular culture. I so, care almost about uh, nothing so much as I care about that, Professor McClay. Yeah. And so to that end, as we're commemorating 9-11 tomorrow, this uh, this weekend, I, um, I've gone back and read some of my favorite things that you've written over the years, and especially about 9-11 and history. And on that note... Um, since you're a historian who cares about memory and I'm a talk show host who cares about memory, I'm going to quote you about memory and tell me and our Things audience. I don't remember. This, that's fine. That's, <laughs> I, that's I fine. That. I can't remember that. Well, see, but see, this is where yeah. our friend Dennis Prager is right. Repetition is the essence of pedagogy, right? Yeah, <laughs> Even for the, right. okay. Yeah, we, 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 I think it's Dr. Johnson, Samuel Johnson said we, we less often need to be instructed than we do to be reminded. There you go. There so, you go. there we go. There you go. And that you can find uh, going back to the Greeks. But let me quote you on a famous, yeah. then famous essay you wrote, which was the essay of the year, some years after 9-11 uh, in National Affairs. You wrote, memory designates the history we all share, which is why monuments okay. and other instruments of national commemoration are especially important in serving as expressions and embodiments of it. This part is really important, what I'm about to quote that you said. It is not hard to see, however, that the systematic problematizing of memory, the insistence on subjecting it to endless rounds of interrogation and suspicion, aiming precisely at the destabilization of meaning while producing endless new topics for academic seminar papers, is likely to produce impassable obstacles to the effective commemoration of the past. We've done this already in 20 years with 9-11, Professor. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have, and I, I think it's come to the point where um, people really don't know. They know this is a sad and somber thing, but beyond that, I don't think they have a clear sense of what uh, what it's about, what's at stake. I mean, uh, you 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 go to the Pearl Harbor uh, monument and, and in Hawaii, and uh, and you know you have a sense. Of what's involved, you have a sense of what's involved at Gettysburg and Tedum. You uh, have a sense at Saratoga, at uh, uh, Bunker Hill. May, uh, may I interrupt you to say, not only do you get the sense, but you also get a little bit of a hunger to learn more. Yes, yes, I think some of us certainly do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and or Fort McHenry, sure. which was a haunt of my youth okay. uh, growing up in Maryland. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure that uh, there's something about 9/11. And, and the 9/11 memorial um, that that um, defeats that because there's a vagueness, uh, a deliberate vagueness, I think, um, about the way, or it's, whether it's deliberate or not, it, it, it's there a vagueness as to what it is that we are 
a mourning, what it is that we're observing, what or honoring, you know, uh, other than other than this this just tremendous blow to um, our and uh, uh, to our fellow citizens and to one of our greatest cities, uh, and you know that's that's. Uh, uh, that's all well and good, I guess, but uh, I think we we need something more. All of those other things I listed. There's a there's a cause. There's a principle. Yep. There's there's something to be cherished other than individual lives. Um, that that uh, that was that was wounded. That was uh, that was lost mm-hmm. in those events. And I, you know, I'm especially especially in light of what's happened in the last few weeks. That's yes, sort of I know. This is what makes it all the more eerie. Yeah, go with that it, if you it like. Does. Yeah. It does. It does. And I'm not sure exactly what to say about it, except that I think the destabilization of meaning that you alluded to in what you read has, uh, it, I think, it has, has really come to roost on this. So that, uh, you remember, uh, not long after the... Uh, uh, the attacks, and then uh, and and then the the, uh, the the invasion of Afghanistan, and then maybe Iraq later. <laughs> there was this cliche, that, and it became a joke. Uh, but that if uh, you know, if we stop shopping, the terrorists will have won. Right, right, if we, right. If we right, allow right. this uh, infringement on our civil right, liberties, right. the terrorists will have. I remember won. it well. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I say it, it, it was a sort of serious point. Yeah. And then after a while, it just became a joke, mm-hmm. uh, Saturday Night Live uh, kind of line. Well, um, what do we say yeah. now? Yeah, uh, right. Uh, do we say, well, the terrorists did win? Uh, you know, I, I'm both to say that, and and yet, um, and and for me, what ha- what has happened in the last few weeks, um, uh, it, it, particularly the way it was done, I think that. We we all were were kind of prepared for the idea that the United States was going to uh, attenuate its involvement in that part of the world. Um, it eliminate completely. I I never thought that actually in the cards, but um, but attenuate. I never thought uh, that the president of the United States would seek at all cost a pell mell exit so that he would be able to say. On the anniversary, the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven, that we've we've finished this. Um, let me let me do this real quick. I have to take a quick commercial break, yeah. Professor. Let's pick up on that when we come back. There's so much there to plumb, and I'm yes, glad I yes. have you to do it with. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Professor Wilfred M. McClay. His book, Land of Hope, an invitation to the great American story. That is, this is our uh, second or third invitation. There can't be too many uh, for you all to please read this when you ask yourselves or buy this when you ask me or others what's a good book on American history start here Land of Hope by Wilfred McClay he'll be with us when we come back welcome back to the Seth Liebson show Wilfred McClay Professor Wilfred McClay Hillsdale from Hillsdale is our guest. We're talking about uh, the commemoration of 9-11, obviously uh, the anniversary of which will be tomorrow, the 20-year anniversary. Professor, there are so many things in here, ironies of history. Um, you, you mentioned something I wanted to just weigh in on if I could for a second with you when you talked about we hate to say such things as it looks like maybe the terrorists did win. 
and we choke on that uh, as we Absolutely. should. Right? I, we choke I say on that. that, with that yeah, know, no, with, we, we with, choke on it, but we confront. Yeah. What was that line in Richard the Third, where the Queen said, "Say they are not slain, but slain they are, dead they are," something like that. You can deny yeah. it, but I'm supposing someone in your profession is tired of hearing the quote that those who you know r- refuse to learn the lessons of history will be condemned to repeating them. But this is that example, isn't it? This is it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one of my colleagues here, uh, one of, I honored, uh, I'm honored to be called him a colleague, is Mark Moyer. Oh, yeah. Who's written, yeah. you know, one of the best books on Vietnam, and it, the title is Forsaken Victory. Yeah. And, you know, that's one way of looking at this, mm-hmm. is that we we accomplished uh, what what we set out to do, and we really could have maintained, I think this is sort of my position, is we could have maintained a small um, garrison uh, uh, strategically placed uh, that would uh, that could serve our national interests without, I think, the great mistake that we made was the thinking we could transform the culture of that part of the world and bu- nation build. Uh, uh, this was something that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the early George W. Bush understood. <laughs> no, and I think you're um, right. But I um, think I, I think what we've done with this country is kind of what happened in a sense, too, with the nation's commitment to the fight. Um, you mm-hmm. write in, in your book, in your history book, The Land of Hope, you talk about the importance of um, of meaning for the human animal. Meaning is not a luxury. Yeah, it's a necessity. Yeah. And I think people support the studies I've read, Corey Dauber, et cetera, say people will support any kind of war, including with lots of body bags, if they understand the mission and the meaning and the purpose. Yes, yes. And I and wonder if we have that problem in America right now, mission, meaning, and purpose. Yes. I know. I think that's right. And I think that there, in that sense, this commemoration is as hard as it is. And, you know, I'm still reeling from all this. That, that this is – I can't think of anything – since um, 9/11 itself, or maybe the uh, uh, the the Iranian, the failed Iranian rescue mission, you know. Oh, Desert One, yeah, 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 yeah. One. yeah. That was a real gut punch, and I was a much younger man mm-hmm. then. But I, I, you know, I didn't believe this could happen to my country, um, and uh, uh, so, so this is a gut punch for me. Uh, what what's happened? I just the the, sh- the humiliation of it, the shame of it, which is that I, I feel ashamed. Um, and I don't want to go on and on about my emotional response, but I just think that there are a lot of people who feel this way, who feel, and, and people who served, you know, the, it, there's just no comprehension, I think, of what, of what, this, uh, what this, this means to them. Particularly, the, most of the ones I know absolutely reject the notion that this was a waste and meaningless, um, you know, people who've lost limbs, who've been forever, you know, uh, damaged, uh, whether by PTSD or by some other injury, um, uh, they're not they're not willing to accede to the idea that, that what they did was for naught. Um, but it, it, we do need we we do need uh, we need to really think now and, and, and in a way that 
that reflects an understanding of of what's at stake. One, yeah, let, let, let's stick it. And what we what we might have done differently. Yeah, yeah, let's think about that for a second from the lens of um, your, your your view as a, as a professor of history, uh, professor and student of history, um, Doctor McClay. Let's think about it this way: after nine eleven, like immediately after, like September twelfth, um, I thought. Maybe a lot of the nonsense that we got in academia, a lot of the pseudo sophisticated arguments about morality, certainly about America being an evil country. I thought that would dissipate. I thought it would disappear because we we saw what real evil and, and, and real depredation and real barbarism was. And it didn't. In fact, it got worse here. The self-critique or, as you put it, the subjecting ourselves to rounds of interrogation of suspicion it got worse almost to a point where America, as America sees itself, thinks less of itself today than it did on September 10th. Do you worry about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and, and actually, uh, you'll remember that immediately after 9-11, there was this kind of rallying yep. of patriotic yep. sentiment. Yep. People were, were waving flags in Greenwich Village yep. and <laughs> you yep. know, things that uh, you wouldn't expect. Right. And, uh, and Neil Young um, uh, did a song, yep. Let's Roll. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's uh, right. Uh, you know, to be succeeded a few years later by Let's Impeach the President. <laughs> that's uh, right. So, that's right. So that, that tells it all there, yeah. that, that, that uh, succession of things. But um, now, look, I, I think what's really uh, so um, uh, tragic and uh, and in a way disgusting about all this is our internal conflicts yeah. are for us the the be all and end all so that even something that is is uh, that briefly we were able to convince ourselves that there the things happening outside of us could affect our national security but we quickly turn to sort of transforming it into another element in the partisan struggle taking place in our country, so that everything it becomes a reflected image of that. Uh, we and that you know uh, uh, politics, uh, you know, uh, ending at the water's edge. That's a thing of the past. Yeah, uh, so far uh, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, now there's another another aspect of this that uh, that I want to just mention in passing because mm-hmm. I saw this morning. Uh, Robert Kaplan, who's somebody enormous. Oh, I read his piece. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he, said, yeah. well, he said, and and he said in the piece that well, maybe this whole nine eleven business was a head fake of history, mm-hmm. and uh, meaning that in fact the the notion that there's a kind of civilizational struggle going on, which is a lot of what what we saw and interpreted at that time. Uh, that really, the, the, the real problem is China. Yeah. Uh, the, the real problem is, is Russia and China, you know, uh, our old enemy and our new enemy. Um, and uh, and the, the power politics entailed in our relations with them. I don't know that I agree with that. I expect Robert Kaplan a heck of a lot. So I'm, I, and it, it's made me think that maybe this was a, a, a sort of odd diversion. Let me do this. Let me. Can I? Can I pick up with? Can I keep you a little yeah. longer? Can we hit this yeah, break? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's pick yeah. up on that thesis of Kaplan's because I have a thought I want to run by you on it as well as you also share yours on the other side of this break. I'm Seth Leibson. He is Professor Wilford 
McClay. Now, blessedly at Hillsdale, another reason to go to Hillsdale. If you didn't have enough already, you now have extra reason. Lanyap, I think is the right word. Land of Hope is his book. It's the book you want on American history. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to have this extended interview with Professor Wilford M. McClay of Hillsdale College. Land of Hope is his book, An Invitation to the Great American Story. We're talking about commemorating 9-11. Professor, you were talking about Robert Kaplan's recent essay, and he talks about a civilizational struggle. Feel, feel free to continue that thought, and then I'd, I'd, I'd like to bounce one off you in respect to it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think what he was trying to argue for is the idea that that the, the, it's really the the thing that matters is the, is the the the, the, the old game of great power politics, yeah. and we we allowed ourselves to be diverted into this uh, sort of sort of Samuel Huntington style notion of uh, of civilizational conflict of Islam uh, rising Islam versus the West. Um, and that that's not really what's going on, and that uh, that that in a way <laughs> further uh, problematizing nine uh, eleven, our observation of nine eleven, and uh, that that, that uh, and I I don't know that I can agree with this. No, I don't. Somebody who's he's somebody whom I respect so much, I can't. Just toss it aside without thinking about it and thinking about what. what yeah, I don't know that I'm there quite there yet either. As a matter of history and as a matter of philosophy, we had yeah. that view in the '80s. We kind of ignored terrorism in the '80s because of right. the global right. thing, only to have 9/11 uh, come at us. But what about his? Let's assume, arguendo, his thesis is correct. This that there is perhaps a civilizational conflict at a different level, say perhaps between the great powers of China and the United States. Are we not worried, even if that's the case? I mean, if look, if 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 we can be defeated by, you know, a, a, a medieval ragtag group of, of nothings, do we not concern ourselves about what a great power could do to us, especially if yeah. one civilization believes in itself and the other doesn't, that's the crux yeah, I want you yeah. to hone in on. If we've broken well, the bottle, can you put the genie back in it? Yeah, and that's how, by the way, that's the difference. You say what you will about the Taliban; they they uh, they do they they, they do <laughs> yeah. believe. Yeah, uh, and uh, and I think there's no self doubt or critique over there. Yeah, no. Yeah, and that was one difference between them and the Afghan government right. that we right. we uh, leveraged up. Uh, that that there was there was no. No conviction, no uh, no commitment, uh, which I don't necessarily blame them entirely for. I thought it was it, out of the many graceless things that President Biden has done that his his uh, saying, you know, accusing them of not fighting, it was was among them. Yeah, um, and he was roundly criticized about that by, by that that British MP. Oh, he was um, great. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. he was great. Yeah. Yes, yes. But you know, let, let me let me suggest something else sure. that is very different from either of the things we're talking about. That that nine nine eleven and COVID mm-hmm. have in common. Uh, they are terrifying reminders mm-hmm. of how how precarious our modern civilization how right. is, how vulnerable it is to disruption right. in ways that may seem very. Small. I mean, I, I, 9/11 is not small, but 
uh, it is having airplanes ram into tall buildings. <laughs> right. Is is not is not you can't defend yourself right. against every sort of thing like that right. unless you completely abolish all civil liberties, all freedom of movement. In which case, what what have you got? Right. Terrorists have indeed one. Right. Um, same with COVID. Right. That we've got um, this. Uh, you know, look, I, I, it, it's, you can immediately incite an argument by characterizing it as being something less than the Black Plague, but it is something far less than the Black Plague. Oh, I'm glad yet, you said that. I'm glad yeah. because this is this is this is going to make me ask you for one more indulgence, Professor McClay. Yeah. I have one. This was a short segment. One more break. Can I have one more segment with you yeah, on that yeah, issue of course, of course. because of the relationship? Gosh, you're right. So let me give you this pregnant question for the commercial break for you to respond to on the other side. How in American history do we go in 20 years from the ethic of let's roll to let's yeah. curl up under a bed and hide? That's the question. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's our relationship between yeah. 9-11 and I'll ask you that on the other side of this break. We'll be right back with Professor Wilfred McClay of Hillsdale. His book, Land of Hope, An Invitation to the Great American Story. And he's threatening a children's edition, a young reader's edition, threatening only to those who hate America. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I am Seth. We are delighted to have this uh, extended special interview with Professor Wilfred McClay, author of Land of Hope, an invitation to the great American story, the American textbook, history textbook you would want. More than a, much more than a textbook, though. It doesn't read like a textbook, which is what's so wonderful about it. It is a great American story, second greatest story ever told as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Professor McClay, talk to me about that kind of clever, if not... <clears throat> overly clever uh, thing I mentioned. How in 20 years we go from let's roll yeah. to let's roll up uh, and curl up under a bed and hide. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think the, the, uh, it, it's, it's, it's partly um, the difficult, you know, we've been prosperous for the most part. We've had some strange shocks. We've had the, the, the Great Recession was a, a sort of shocking experience that, that undermined a lot of people's confidence in our institutions. But, but one of the things that's, that's happened is we are, we are so preoccupied with our internal struggles that we don't see the world beyond us. And uh, I, I think, for example, here's a... Here's a, a, a why why uh, does, has the COVID... Uh, controversy. Why, why has the, most of the energy in our national discussion gone into the deploring and disparaging and demonizing of people who have opposing points right. of view right. to, to, to one's own? Right. Um, and uh, now you know, we're trying to turn people who will not be vaccinated into second-class citizens and deny them you know, fundamental rights, rights to health care, all sorts of things. But I'm, I'm pulling back. I'm not, I don't want to talk about one side or the other. I want to talk about the fact that we've taken something that's clear, with the responsibility of China to the, for, to, to, the, to the whole world for this thing has been obvious, enormous, even without the lab leak, 
hypothesis, which was has obviously, uh, I mean, in my view, is obviously something like that had to have been involved. Um, in that way, that John Stewart and I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, why? Why has none of this rage been directed at China? It's all directed at you know the Democrats, are directed at Republicans, and vice versa, and the and, and you know sort of anarcho libertarians at at the government at all levels, and at uh, all at one another. In other words, all of this this uh, fury is directed at one another, and it's. What a great military pact! Right. To right. you know, and I and and you know, my first thought when we began to see all this emerging was that we, whether we like it or not, we've entered the era of bioweapons. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, it, 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 that era it had already begun. But but um, yeah, I don't uh, think it's and, so strange that we should hesitate in saying that. I mean, when we think about bio-warfare, biological warfare, which, of course, we convinced ourselves, rightly or wrongly, depending on who you ask, that, you know, Iraq was going to launch at us, North Korea had the capability, perhaps another. Why are we so surprised? This is about what it would look like, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, it, and, it, and even if even if this was just a sort of um, uh, experiment, yeah. you know, let, let's just Let's let's just put this pigeon, you know, this 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 cat among the pigeons yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, what a what a what a no a more yield pigeons. From that yeah, experience. right, right. You know, yeah. uh, yeah. it, it's proven a lot about how fractious, how tenuous our sense of nation nationhood is, mm-hmm. our sense of of relatedness to one another, and and, uh, and and participating in a in a nation. That is, that is unified, and so I, you know, I think we're at a terrible pass in this, and that there's some way, a curious way, in which 9/11 and the uh, sort of empty quality about our observation of it, and I think we should observe it. I'm not saying that we should avoid it, but it, all along, uh, it's been. It took 10 years for uh, any kind of 9/11 memorial to. To emerge, uh, and uh, ten years in which all sorts of fighting over the design, and lots of people who were who were, had family members who were affected by it, um, involved in lawsuits, uh, and 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 coming away with quite a, quite a lot of quite a haul of money. Uh, really, things that that I think previous generations in this country's history would have found unseemly. Um, and and yet that's that's what happened. So I think you know I how do you how do you how do you put I know the that's the together when no, no that's the next uh, logical question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. How now, Bronco? I think, I think you know I think that, that I hate to to envision some kind of a, of a economic collapse, uh, which I think. We may may be going to get whether we like it or not, mm-hmm. uh, given the the, the uh, condition of the fisc and our currency and um, the the, uh, the the incredible growth of debt uh, and the trillions and trillions added every year uh, to our national debt. Uh, at some point, those bills come due. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think we've had a kind of false prosperity. Uh, not entirely false, but some of it has been false. No some question. Yes, false. no question, and propped uh, up. So right. I think there's a, a, a reckoning 
not a reckoning about race, which I think is a big, that's the head fake. That's a big diversion. Right. Uh, maybe even a tactic designed to to also separate us and make us antagonistic toward one another. Interesting. Um, I, I think I think we need uh, some leadership. I think we need uh, uh, unifying figures, but we need we need a break. We need a break from events. We need we need a, uh, we need something uh, to occur that is going to to dramatically shift. The, the the public perception. We need we need a, um, a shift away from the the really poisonous effects of our media. In uh, and I'm not just talking about the ideological line. I'm talking about the way in which um, both broadcast media and social media are you know oriented towards the sensationalism that begets clicks and. Uh, and that sells papers, which uh, are desperate to stay in business. Um, uh, we need we need a, a more responsible. We have no responsible sources of public information. Uh, not, I can't think of anything that I would rely on without. I, I definitely have the things I read. Yeah, no, but we but always have to validate it, and verify and double check. Yeah, That's, but there's almost nothing no, I, no, I re- no. rely on in an unmediated way. The way, Me too. The way I used Me too. to. Yeah. That Me could too. mean that that could mean also that I've kind of come of age. I've grown up and <laughs> and come to understand. No, I don't think. I mean, I, I, as much as but, as that may be the case, I also just think there's a lot of junk thought out there, and it's multiplied no, exponentially. No, and, and the the, the uh, just things like the recent story uh, about Oklahoma, which I'm, I'm particularly incensed about because I used to live there. Uh, that uh, so many people are 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 using this. Uh, uh, Ivermectin, yes. Uh, yes, yes, and, yes. And, and being uh, having severe uh, health problems from it, that that hospitals are turning away people with gunshot wounds, and this, this is, you know, uh, Rachel Maddow apparently was the main person putting this out. Oh There's gosh, no there's no truth to it at, no all. It at no, all whatsoever. A total lie, and, and she still has it up there. Last I checked, yeah, yeah. And, yeah so uh, it, it, this is here's how people, to fix it. It might take a few years, but everyone who buys Land of Hope. Run, 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 run for school board. Run for school board well, where the decisions yes, on your test. Yes. Professor McClay, you are a national treasure. I thank you for well, everything. So are you, and and uh, thank you. In fact, you are, and I'm not. <laughs> you are, and I'm not. God bless you, Alphonse. <laughs> Welcome back to the uh, Seth Liebson Show. Wilfred McClay and I just got off the phone after his interview, and he said something. I, I think he'd let me share this with you, I, 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 and I'll take whatever ownership I have if it's talking out of school. But he said, you know, I do a lot of interviews. I just – this one was a little harder because I'm still working through so many of the 9-11 emotions and thoughts myself. And I said, you're not alone. And given the news that's coming out of Afghanistan daily – daily it um, makes uh, tomorrow's commemoration all the harder all the harder we'll bear it we'll bear it but it's been made all the harder and notice in this sense yes certainly by the terrorists the taliban and their adjuncts but notice they only operate in the vacuum that we give them It's still true what Lincoln said in 1838. 
that if death be our lot, we will be its authors and finishers. It can only come from suicide. It is our decisions that are the alpha and omega of what happens in this world. And we can lead, we can moderate, or we can retreat. When America retreats, you see what happens. Am I asking for large numbers? No. Am I asking that we go back? No. Was I supportive generally of getting out as best as possible, as much as possible? You bet. Would it have been the worst crime in the world to keep 2,000 soldiers there as the multiplier force that kept the Afghanistan military intact? Would that have been the worst crime in the world? Of course not. And there are a million other things we did wrong as we were being lied to. I will say this. I will say this. Our interactions with Afghanistan, the Alpha and Omega, when we went in under George W. Bush in 2001 and when we got out under Joe Biden in 2021, one told you nothing but truths about what we were doing and one, I think, would have a problem even recognizing the truth. And when you don't have truth, you lose everything, starting with your own country. These are my concerns as we head into tomorrow. I was hoping we would have some kind of repose, some kind of attachment to normalcy, satisfaction, job well done, conclusion, epiphany, resolution. And yet, because of decisions that were made in this country, this longest of wars as we've been instructed ad nauseum, may not just be over quite yet because the enemy still gets a vote and we gave them the ballot. Don't go away. Zooty Jasser coming at you right next.